Blog Talk Radio. A British lady is seriously rude, interrupting us when we're trying to talk. Hello, Nats Town. Welcome to Nats Nightly, sponsored by FederalBaseball.com. This is Patrick Reddington from Federal Baseball. I've got Matt Wyrick on the phone after the Nationals salvage the series finale. And as I put it in our headline on the game story, savage the New York Mets, 23 hits, 23 runs, 23-5 to win. Mets lose Noah Syndergaard to an injury, which we'll get back to in a minute. Also lose the series finale, failed to sweep. Dusty Baker was happy. They didn't have a reverse sweep, as he referred to it, after the Mets took three straight in City Field last week. But the big story of the day, Matt, uh, got to be Anthony Rendon here. The injury to Syndergaard is a big one that we'll get to, as I mentioned. But six for six for Rendon, five runs scored, three home runs, ten RBIs. Just an absolute crazy day, uh, as Dusty Baker said in his postgame to kind of get uh, – it could take you from 240 to 280 in a hurry with that kind of game, especially this early in the season. It couldn't happen to a finer guy. I think last year he had one home run and maybe one RBI in the whole month, but he finished extremely strong this month. Extremely strong is probably an understatement. Just a huge game from Anthony Rendon today. Yeah, he entered the game hitting 226 with an on-base percentage higher than his slugging percentage. He leaves – I mean, what a game. It's great to see him – heating up like he is with obviously the Adam in, uh, Eaton injury hurting the top of the lineup there. Glad they got worse in there instead of uh, Michael Taylor. But with uh, Rendon heating up, he could make a case to move up in the order, you know, back when uh, he was an MVP candidate, him and Denard Spam were one of the most top dynamic duos at the top of the order there was. So uh, he's definitely has tons of experience hitting in that two hole. And he's typically a slow starter. I mean, you talked about last year how, took him forever to get his power stroke going. He just hit his first three home runs today. Um, so if he, once he gets going, he's one of the best hitters in the National League, just a pure swing, easy off the bat, um, nice and beautiful stroke. But moving him up once he gets going, I mean, you, you slot him right in that number two spot. I know you go righty, righty, and then lefty. But at the same time, that's, that's definitely a good table setter there. He's got some pop, but he also can score a lot of runs and get on base with those uh, doubles. So, looking forward to what we can see out of him and possibly moving him up in the order. Yeah, I did notice uh, some one of the MLB lineup uh, Twitter feeds noted that all the uh, sabermetricians in the world will tell you that you put your best hitter number two. And Dusty Baker initially had Michael A. Taylor there, which seems to anger the D.C. fan base to no end. I just get uh, countless tweets every time I tweet out a lineup with Michael uh, A. Taylor, number two, asking why they're doing it. I have to inform people that I don't make the lineups. I'm just printing what the Nationals give us. So, But they ended up switching worse to the two spot. He goes two for four. Michael A. Taylor's had two good games, two for six today. I think he had three or four hits yesterday, too. Uh, what do you think about the lineup going forward? We'll talk about Adam Eaton, I guess, towards the end of the show, and the really bad news on him today. But uh, what are you doing if you're Dusty Baker now? Do you want Rendon in that two spot? Do you want him back in the order a little bit where he is now? Or what are you doing with the rest of the guys, too? Well, personally, if I were setting the lineup, I would definitely swap Worth and Rendon at this point. I mean, Worth is swinging the bat well. Um, power is sort of there. He's, uh, I don't th- wouldn't expect him to be the Worth of old, but at the same time, um, just the production he had last year would be just fine going behind Murphy and um, in front of Weeders there. Uh, Taylor, yeah, he got two hits today. He had three yesterday. But at the same time, that's not something I would expect from him moving forward. Putting him in that number eight spot will give him kind of the low-pressure situations to hit in, maybe find a stroke and um, get to, into a groove good enough where he warrants playing every day. I mean, if you're the Nats right now, you've got to be thinking – 
um, possible deadline move if he doesn't pan out. If you're going to try him out. You're going to try Bautista out. Maybe you pull someone up from the minors if neither of them pan out. But um, moving forward, you like Turner up top. You got Rendon behind him, then the big three um, with Worth and Weers behind the three of them. I mean, that's that's a pretty fearsome lineup even without Eaton. Yeah, Weeders, we'd probably be talking a lot about him today if it wasn't for the day Anthony Rendon had a two-home run game for Matt Weeders down there, three for four overall, two runs scored, four RBIs, two walks in the game too. A great day at the plate for him. Uh, they needed to replace Wilson Ramos this winter, lost him to free agency after he suffered a similar injury to what uh, Adam Eaton went through the uh, last two days. But uh, Matt Weeders at the back of that lineup, it just really lengthens this lineup out. And you have him, Michael A. Taylor does anything, and that's back in the lineup where we want him in the seven or eight spot where it was today. Uh, you got uh, Dusty Baker talked about getting Rendon going, but he also says Rendon behind Murphy and then Taylor hitting a few today. Weeders at the back of that lineup, this is just – not fun for opposing pitchers. The Mets were depleted, of course, today. They had to end up throwing Kevin Ploiecki out there, the catcher, to pitch and give up a bunch of home runs late, which probably angered just about everyone on the Mets. But uh, the lineup just really long, and a big day from Weeders just makes it really tough on opposing pitchers. Yeah, I know. And, I mean, in past years, you'd look at the lineup, and every time they'd get through the first four or five guys, you'd kind of be like, all right, we're going to have to get through the bottom of the order because the Danny Espinosas are going to have to get through um, and we'll have to come back around once we can get our leadoff man going. But this lineup, I mean, there really isn't a hole. Yeah, you've got Taylor, but with the way he's swinging the bat right now, you can't even pitch around him or pitch to him. So, um, and Ross goes in there with a hit too. So overall, this lineup, it's just, it's obviously the best you've ever seen. I mean, they cap off, the highest scoring month in Nationals history by scoring 23 runs, hitting all these home runs. I mean, they had, I think it was five 14 run uh, games this month, which set the NL record. I mean, that's just, that's unreal. (laughs) I think a few people noted on Twitter, they've outscored the Royals on the season in the last week, which is absolutely ridiculous. But uh, what do you see from Joe Ross? I, I like talking to you and Doghouse when you're watching games at home or anyone who's watching games at home because there's not a great vantage point for what's going on with the pitchers uh, from high above where we're sitting in the press box here. But only gets through four innings, 70-something pitches. Dusty Baker said he didn't want to have to pull them, but they were trading runs early, so he had to take them out earlier than he wanted to. Uh, asked what he saw from Joe Ross. He said, I don't know, just some balls. Uh, sliders were up in the zone, fastballs kind of middle of the plate. He hasn't looked too sharp after since coming up uh, from the – they started him in AAA, brought him up, and three starts back now. He got his third in today. Hasn't looked particularly sharp. Justy Baker talked about keeping Jacob Turner around just because he wasn't convinced that uh, Joe Ross is 100% at this point. He didn't say he's not 100% injury-wise or anything, just not quite up to speed yet and didn't look so again today. No, that velocity still didn't look there. Like Dusty said, I mean, leaving stuff over the plate is – breaking balls weren't breaking as much. I mean, just looked like a hittable number five. I mean, this this number five spot's been a problem for him. I mean, aside from the way Turner pitched that one game, anyone they've thrown in there has kind of been an issue. And with Strasburg and um, Scherzer getting the losses in the last two days, it's a little bit concerning because you need someone there to kind of round out that rotation when they don't perform. But, I mean, like I said at the beginning, did a column at the beginning of the year about how Ross has to kind of watch his back with the guys that are behind him. Fetty could be coming up soon. They've got both sitting at waiting in the wing. They got Turner um, and those guys that came in during spring training and signed those uh, minor league deals. 
Ross, I wouldn't consider a lock moving forward, especially with the way he's been uh, pitching so far. I haven't liked what I've seen. He just hasn't looked like he's been sharp enough. Um, moving forward, I would not be surprised if they decide to throw someone else in there for his next spot. Really bad news this day after the Nationals got some bad news. Uh, Noah Syndergaard, there's a lot of drama the last week where he had uh, biceps tendonitis. They wanted him to get an MRI. He told, told the Mets that he didn't want to get one. Uh, declined slash refused as I put it in the post game from what I've read uh he said he knows his body better than anyone he goes out there gets knocked around for five runs in the first uh throws a strike to Bryce Harper in the second you can see him clearly grabbing uh uh underarm look with me like you underneath the shoulder uh they called it a probable uh I don't want to get the wording correct on this I think they said a probable lat strain yeah yeah, uh, really bad news for them. Uh, it, the obvious reaction to there, he looked like he was in a bit of pain there. They got him off the field really quick. If you saw Terry Collins' post game, he was not happy about it or having to answer questions about it. It's kind of a PR nightmare for the Mets in the last week. Uh, Dusty Baker said what I always say: uh, you want to beat these teams when they're at their best. You never want to see anyone get hurt. And uh, as good, strong a pitcher as uh, Noah Syndergaard, as talented as he is, this is really a bad news for them. Uh, MRI. He went back to New York during the game to get an MRI and see what's going on in there, but didn't look good out there in the mound. No, with the way the rotation's been performing too, you really need Syndergaard in there right now more than ever. I mean, this team's been decimated by injuries with between Matt and Darno and Duda and Cespedes, just up and down the lineup. I mean, it's been ridiculous how many injuries they've gone through, like the Dodgers of last year, except they're not winning. Um, so, uh, yeah, like Dusty said, you want to beat them at their best. It sucks to see a guy so talented as Syndergaard to turn down an MRI. I don't, under, I, I can't fathom why that would you would ever do that. But at the same time, uh-huh. what he was complaining about before was his biceps, and now it's uh, supposedly a lat strain. So maybe it's unrelated and he pulled something else, which probably even bodes worse, to be honest. Um, but we'll see what the diagnosis is and uh, hope for the best for him. Yes, we were hoping for the best yesterday when we talked about Adam Eaton, too. Unfortunately, about an hour after we concluded our show, we got the worst-case scenario possible a uh, torn ACL, Mike Rizzo describes it today as a full thickness ACL tear plus a meniscus tear and a high ankle sprain, just really as bad as you can get. Uh, Rizzo's quote from the pregame interview he gave, his return to the season is unlikely, but we don't know until the doctors get in there and we'll see what the surgery leads us to believe. Uh, in the process of setting up a surgery, it's a big piece of our team that's been taken from us. We can't dwell on that. Every team in baseball goes through these types of things, and this is a good special player for us that's hurt. Uh, said usually in not six to nine months to fully regain ability to perform at the major league level. Wipes out the season, essentially, though uh, Adam Eaton wouldn't give in to that. He was not accepting the fact that he's done for the year, and I'm sure he's going to do everything he can to get back out there. But really big blow for the Nationals. They've got Michael A. Taylor now. Uh, Rizzo also said we're comfortable with the depth in the organization. We feel that we have the offense to compensate for Adam. We feel we have the personnel specifically at that position to compensate for him. It's one of the greatest depth positions we have in the organization. We feel good about that. Uh, they have uh, Raphael. His last name's escaping me. Help me out. Bautista. Bautista. Thank you. I'm reading and looking at too many <laughs> things at once. Uh, Victor Robles down there in the uh, minors. Too young at this point, I would think, to be brought up here. But they have some options. Uh, no one's going to provide what Eaton did, though. Really devastating news for the Nationals. Yeah, it's obviously the worst-case scenario there. 
Eaton's a huge part of the team. He's already become a fan favorite just in the first month that he's here, even despite that trade that so many fans and players weren't exactly happy about. Um, but I think the biggest thing is, is the lineup's going to be able to compensate, I think, if Rendon can start swinging. I mean, he'll Rendon, he wasn't hitting well before he got hurt, and if he can pick up the slack there, then the lineup really shouldn't take much of a hit. I think it's really just the fact that the center, center field spot is now a big question mark um, with the hefty price that they did uh, pay to get Eaton that decimated half their farm system. It doesn't leave them a lot of options for making deadline trades uh, coming up. So you, a lot of people have speculated about maybe Lorenzo Cain in a package with Kelvin Herrera, who there are rumors that they have been interested in Herrera, maybe as a package deal for the two of them because Cain is in his block here. But you look at that and what kind of package can they put together? Because you know they don't want to trade Robles. You know they don't want to trade Fetty. And they probably don't want to trade Juan Soto either. So you look at the not trading the three of them and they basically run out of options. Maybe they can snag a Denard Span type who isn't hitting well, but maybe a change of scenery can change something. But you, I, if I were an Nets, well, I'm an Nets fan, but wouldn't expect um, anything big at the deadline at this point unless Rizzo is willing to part ways with Robles or Fetty um, which I personally don't think would be smart, especially with uh, Harper's uh, future uncertain and moving forward, the rotation. You've got guys like Roark and um, Scherzer who getting older, you don't know how long they're going to last for. Having Fetty in there as insurance is definitely helpful. So I wouldn't expect a big deadline move from the Nets unless Rizzo has a serious change of heart. And you trust your depth and trust your organization's ability to keep on churning out prospects. But at some point you're going to deplete it to the point that you're not going to be able to fill those holes from within and at the major league level. So, you know, any team is going to know the nationals are desperate for an outfielder and a reliever at this point are going to try to get everything they can out of them. And those names you mentioned are the ones Ken Rosenthal mentioned in talking about Herrera as a possible target, uh, Soto, Robles, Bautista, he even said Soto might have passed uh, Robles on the prospect list at this point in his mind. So the Nationals aren't going to be able to get what they need without paying a hefty price for it. And I don't want to see any of those guys go personally. I didn't want to see Robles or Fetty go this winter and was glad they didn't. But uh, to get what they need at this point, you're going to have to pay. And before we wrap up here, I just wanted to mention Matt Albers. (laughs) He just continues to impress me. He gets the win out of this game somehow. It uh, comes on after Ross gave up runs in each of the four innings. He was on the mound, two scoreless, 31 pitches, nine and a third scoreless on the season since he came up. Uh, he's doghouse's favorite pitcher by far so far this season. Uh, just really went out and settled everything down there for the Nationals. Uh, relievers, Albers, uh, Oliver Perez, Joe Blanton with a nice outing there. Blake Trinan, who I didn't even get to watch because I was so busy at the end of the game trying to wrap this thing up, but Albers really went out there and settled it and has been kind of a revelation so far out of the bullpen. Yeah, I mean, you're at this point, you're kind of surprised he's been throwing more like high leverage innings. Uh, throws two strong there, 31 pitches, 20 strikes, gets three Ks. Uh, you've got to like what you've seen. I mean, coming out of spring training, I wasn't all that impressed. I didn't think uh, when he signed uh, with the Nats to stay with the organization, I was like, all right, nice death move, but I didn't really expect anything out of it. But, I mean, he's got to get some more high leverage situations moving forward with how bad the bullpen's been. Um, Blanton's got that 9.9 ERA. I mean, other guys that are all the way up there too, Kelly trying and no one's really stood out as that impressive, especially with Solis and Glover, who in my opinion are were the two best relievers on the uh, team before they hit the disabled list. Um, you look at, they've got an off day coming up and moving forward. Albers has got to be in there for those late inning situations. 
23 to 5 tonight, a day off tomorrow so everyone can rest and relax. Uh, 17 and 8 on the season after the win. Start three with the D backs on Tuesday night. Matt's nightly, sponsored by federalbaseball.com. Good to talk to you again, Matt, and we'll talk to you guys later this week. So I got says go now. Yes, sir. Thanks. Thanks again.